House of Mystery presents Inside Writing, the radio show where authors discuss their writing process in all genres. Joining us today will be uh, Michael Murphy. He's a journalist, award-winning filmmaker, and uh, activist in uh, the Los Angeles area. Um, his first two movies were uh, What in the World Are They Spraying? and Why in the World Are They Spraying? And uh, a new version is coming out, Unconventional Grey. Uh, very, very interesting subject, and uh, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for covering this, first of all, and, uh, and just for bringing attention, which those of us who are aware of this believe it's the most pressing issue on the planet. Not that there's not a lot going on. However, uh, once I think you see the gravity of this and what we're dealing with, I think we'll, we'll, uh, we can come to a consensus that, yes, it needs to be addressed immediately. So thank you so much. Yeah, oh, you're, you're welcome. It's, it's a pleasure. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk about it now. Um, I guess there always hasn't been. So w what got you into the very first making of your first film, and what, what kind of turned you into uh, following this? Oh, wow. That's not a real simple question because no. there were a number of, of different components. But uh, noticing that our skies were changing, uh, when I lived in Arizona and Phoenix, the skies were deep blue when I moved out there from Chicago in 1989. Uh, and we would ra rarely have a blemish in the sky. Well, I returned back after uh, moving away for a while, and I noticed that about four to five days, we had overcast skies. We had this light haze uh, that almost looked like high cirrus clouds. Um, so I began looking into this. Somebody told me about chemtrails or the geoengineering issue, and like most people, I thought that they were kind of crazy, didn't really really grasp it. It wasn't until uh, I began to look more closely and noticing that, yes, the airplane trails were turning into to this cloud cover that we now had on a regular basis, and I went to a geoengineering conference in uh, San Diego. This is back in 2010, and for several days, we listened to geoengineers talk about their plans and proposals to spray 10 to 20 million tons of toxic aluminum, other substances into our sky for what they said was the stated goal of cooling our planet. Um, so that kicked off the film. We released a couple of things via video and brought legitimacy into this uh, chemtrail issue where for the first time we had the scientific community talking about what they were planning on putting into our sky, of course, we went around, and, and this was the birth of what in the world are they spraying, just uh, a huge success in terms of bringing this issue out to the public. But we spoke to scientists and other people who have been collecting rainwater samples, um, doing pH changes, finding that our pH had been turning from acidic in Northern California and other areas to very alkaline. This is what aluminum will do, the primary ingredient in geoengineering programs. And we've seen rain tests. Uh, go up as high as 50,000 percentage points just in a very short period of time. So what we're finding in our rain uh, matches geoengineers' proposals exactly, and it matches a number of patents that have been designed to spray this into the sky. What we see in the sky is exactly what geoengineers state they want to do, and really all of the negative consequences in terms of adverse weather, droughts in certain areas, floods in other areas, um, abiotic stress, all of these uh, consequences that geoengineers say will happen if they start these programs are happening. So we have thousands of dots that connect, and unfortunately, 
it is happening. So uh, that's what kind of, that's the very quick story. It would probably take an hour to go over my personal story about how I got involved with this. <laughs> but, you know, it was really a concern. And this is our planet, and it is being poisoned. And everything, everything, every person is breathing these aerosols in, these, these heavy metals. It's now showing up in blood tests of people who have been taking them, uh, the exact geoengineering footprint. And uh, it's very destructive to, to plant life and ecosystems. So we're seeing a collapse of all right now, directly, unfortunately, related to geoengineering. So what are the effects then So on, on, on us humans? How would someone know um, that they've um, got some of these metals into their system that they wouldn't normally have? Or what, do you have sort of symptoms with that? Well, heavy metal uh, toxicity, especially aluminum, Alzheimer's, forgetfulness, a number of neurological disorders. So people who have been experiencing those have been going in to get blood tests, finding that those, their levels have just skyrocketed. We now have a new test. It's not actually an invasive test. And we have it on my new website, unconventionalgray.com. This is a test where you can simply swipe. It's non-invasive. Your gum. Uh, send in to get a, uh, a full test for a fraction of the price of a blood test uh, of aluminum toxicity and other heavy metals related to geoengineering programs. So go to unconventional, unconventionalgray.com to get tested uh, and then visit with your healthcare provider to see how you can detox from this because uh, we're seeing a number of illnesses, including respiratory mortality, number of aluminum-related illnesses, ADD, uh, HD, uh, ADHD, all kinds of things, again, that are related to the metals and geoengineering programs. So it's really important that we learn what our levels are and then get a, devise a plan to detox uh, from these. So that's something I recommend, unconventionalgray.com. And so there is a way of detoxing, like you can get better. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's hard to release heavy metals once, you're con uh, once you've been contaminated with them. However, with a healthcare professional, you can use chlorella, uh, other heavy metal detox programs to get this out and really uh, start feeling healthy. Because, again, every breath we're breathing in these aerosols, these toxins, uh, nothing is immune to it. So it's important that we understand and realize what's going on and then take the necessary action to get these out of our system. So, so now it must be doing quite a number on the world as well, as in uh, effects on the uh, ecosystem and plants and weather. Uh, what, what was the first thing that you, um, when you were researching, that you were finding? What was the um, biggest effect? Um, um, pH changes. Uh, aluminum oxide will drive a soil to alkaline. So, for example, in Northern California, Dr. Francis Mangles, um, I'm sorry, Francis Mangles, biologist Francis Mangles, he noticed that the uh, pH was changing in that region and not twice as high as it normally should be. It was going as high as 10 times the normal alkalinity. So what happens, plant life that, uh, that requires an acidic soil, it will start to die when that pH changes. Exactly what's hap happening. As a result, we have ecosystem collapses, forest collapse, uh, organic foods are really having a challenge. Uh, growing in this new environment. And there's also an issue called abiotic stress that geoengineering creates. Uh, so abiotic stress is really anything that will stress the soil, whether it's pH changes, heavy metal contamination. We didn't speak yet about how geoengineering changes our weather patterns and creates droughts and floods, but that's also an abiotic stress 
in the soil, what was unique and what we covered in Why in the World Are They Spraying, go to whyintheworldaretheyspraying.com for more info, was this new genetically modified uh, terminator seed developed by Monsanto, which grows in this new environment. So, for example, on many organic farms, uh, and what we included in what and why in the world are they spraying, we've seen up to 60% of the crop loss in the past 10 to 15 years, just a huge loss of crops. So what this does, you know, through the death and destruction of normal natural systems, Monsanto comes in, they design a seed that can grow in this new environment. It's literally a hostile takeover of nature, of natural systems, of God's creation. Um, so that's one of the many, many components of geoengineering programs. When do you think this whole geoengineering program started then? 70 years ago. That long ago? Yeah. Uh, at a very uh, much, of course, technology has gotten much stronger, but it was basic cloud seeding, um, weather modification, forms of geoengineering, full-scale deployment, though, where we started seeing the trails uh, and started seeing 20% less sun and ecosystem collapses. Uh, looks like probably mid to the late 1990s is when we began to see full-scale deployment. Since, since that time, and those of us who have been watching this closely, uh, we've noticed a great increase in these programs, a great increase in aluminum-related illnesses, a great increase in terms of uh, tree decline, uh, ecosystem collapses. So it's... Uh, it's to say the least. It's it's really um, just a very destructive program, but also a very effective way to consolidate both monetary and political power into the hands of a few. So these programs benefit a few at the expense of many, and that's one of the uh, what in the world are they spraying? Really, we we discussed in detail what was going on, what was being sprayed, and then why in the world are they spraying? Which won about 14 awards. Um, it was uh, it really looked at the weather control aspect of these programs. So many people look at our weather, they know it's changing, they know that climate's changing. We're told this is due to CO2. Well, the, the geoengineering factor is being left out of this equation, and it's responsible, I would say, for most, if not all, of our changes in the climate. So uh, there are many things, many reasons for this, including selling the climate change agenda, uh, in consolidating all of this monetary and political power. We had uh, forms of legislation now that built the framework to legalize geoengineering, but also to erase national boundaries, state laws, and allow an unelected body, the IPCC in the United Nations, to literally micromanage our lives. So a lot of this is interrelated with geoengineering, so it's a huge concern. And was this the, the original thought then? If they started this seven years ago, was it about weather control? I think back 70 years, years ago, probably, well, definitely, yes, weather control. But I, I also want to be respectful of the other researchers looking into the many different applications to putting aerosols into our skies. So weather control certainly is one of them, and it's probably, I believe, probably one of the biggest agendas. But again, by putting aerosols into the sky, a lot can be achieved, whether it's military whether it's, uh, you know, using barium, you know, barium is one of the main components. If you notice, in MRI, you get injected with barium, and that way 
the x-ray or the MRI machine can get a 3D view of your knee. So these applications have military. If you're a satellite, you want to look into somebody's home or a compound, you can, and there's barium literally everywhere we are, you can see and get a 3D image of what's inside of that room. So these are related to many different technologies, but again, uh, weather control. If you control the weather, which it is being done, you can control the planet. Every food supply, every political system, and that is absolutely what is going on and selling the entire climate change agenda, which I don't think a lot of people are aware of the personal implications that this has and also the the national implications. These programs are erasing national boundaries. So, you know, we have some historic legislation, which nobody's talking about except for us, Uh, and geoengineering relates directly to this because, again, geoengineering is changing our climate in all of the climate models that we're basing, all of these taxes, all of these changes, including monitoring us in the home, they're based on climate models that are projecting and noticing that our climate has been changing. Geoengineering programs are designed to change the temperature of our planet. They're designed to manipulate our weather. They're not included in geoengineering models, but these models are being used to uh, to initiate all of these changes, including a multi-trillion dollar transfer of wealth. And a lot of people that I speak to this about are like, wow, that's kind of high. What, hold on. <laughs> this wealth has to come from somewhere. It's coming from you through taxes, through mandates. And again, in the United States and many other countries around the world, we have this thing that we, uh, that we consider uh, to have elected officials, that we elect and we have the ability have the ability to represent us, not that they are in all areas, but they have the ability to represent their constituents. The climate change, the COP twenty one, which passed in December in twenty fifteen, it created the framework to remove our representatives' ability to legislate us. And what again, what it did, it created the framework to legalize geoengineering to uh, tax mandate and creating it really created an unelected body that will micromanage our lives. New government was formed, but by uh, national boundaries. It's done. It's over with. Huge transfer of wealth directly related to geoengineering. And so, uh, is there no going back now? Are we sort of kind of um, stuck with this new government system? Um, no, we're not. And uh, actually, the reason for me releasing unconventional gray, we're in a state of emergency, I would say a legal and legislative state of emergency, and it's critical that we address this immediately. And our strategy is this. We have the framework uh, to initiate what we're calling the aerosol collection project. And we're uh, planning on uh, doing the first historic test where we go up into the trails, we test the aerosols, and uh, then bring this, uh, these findings, which we're confident we will prove conclusively geoengineering is occurring and it is changing our climate. Uh, our objectives are to, with the help of Dr. Marvin Herndon, who will be writing the peer-reviewed paper of our project, our goals are to create a legal model to be used in courtrooms around the world to get court injunctions to stop any climate change laws climate change mandates, climate change legislation, and again, this includes geoengineering, until we do not test positive for geoengineering. So we can prove that climate models are wrong, and based on that model, we can demand that geoengineering is stopped. And it's it's an interesting uh, strategy, because while while the goals are to stop geoengineering, it 
has the, the ability, and these are the objectives, to stop the whole new world order global governance uh, agenda, which is all predicated on these bogus climate models. Uh, what it also does, there are certain regions, there are certain corporations that are completely losing power due to climate change legislation and the climate change agenda. And even those who are supportive of this will now have a vested interest to demand that geoengineering is stopped before they can move forward with any of these talks. And I'm quite confident once geoengineering is stopped that we will see our planet come back into balance and we will uh, find that there is not a global warming issue. But I really want to make a strong statement. I don't argue whether the planet's warming or cooling. And the reason is this. You can't determine if the planet's warming or cooling until geoengineering is stopped. It is literally impossible. That is not arguable. It is impossible to determine this. Uh, so it's almost like I'd like to use the analogy of turning the heat on in your home. And if you turn the heat on in your home, let's say up to 100 degrees, would it be safe to say, oh, my God, it really is getting hot outside? It could be getting hot outside. It could be getting cold outside. You really don't know until you turn off the factor that's changing the temperature. Again, that is geoengineering. So once you stop geoengineering, then I think we'll be able to get a, an accurate determination of what the planet's doing, and I think our scientific and political community will follow suit, recognizing what the problem was, and then we can restore our planet. It's... I was just going to say, is there, is there a specific group of people or, or um, who's behind this? Many different governments and many different corporations. So right now we have the IPCC, the United Nations, who's pushing for the legalization of geoengineering. And, of course, they are sponsored by a number of corporations and also a number of governments. So this answer, you know, it's not a, it's not a simple answer. However... Uh, we will soon find out who is geoengineering if we allow this climate change agenda to mature. If we do that, then they will mandate uh, due to, quote-unquote, a state of emergency. And the Obama administration had stated that climate change is a national security threat. They're now even talking about suing people with the FBI who are, quote-unquote, climate change deniers. They're trying to remove our ability to address this issue because it's the key to this transfer of wealth, to this transfer of power, to enslaving the world. Uh, this is America. How can you take away our freedom of speech? Because America has been done away with. The Obama administration announced that united UN troops were coming onto American soil. What does that mean? And now they're talking about removing freedom of speech. They're not coming to protect our constitutional rights. They're coming to enforce the United Nations agenda because people with freedom are not going to be supportive of this. And they're coming with handcuffs. They're coming with guns. And uh, our time is very short to address this. So if this rings true to anybody, we need support for these initiatives uh, and to complete Unconventional Gray. So please go to unconventionalgray.com. Uh, our time, again, is very short. I can't stress the importance uh, of this. And if we fail to address this, and look back five years, I think we will say, geez, I wish I had supported this. But I'm very confident uh, that we will get this accomplished, get this into a courtroom, and again, stop this oppressive legislation and uh, rebalance our planet. It makes perfect sense to us. So what do you think the time frame is? How much time do you think we have? Five-year planned implementation. So let me put it <laughs> this way. 
I believe that we will quickly see uh, again our uh, our ability to take uh, to speak about this. Attorney General uh, Lynch now she's looking into prosecuting climate change, quote unquote, deniers prosecuting those of us who are speaking about this. Um, so I, I would just say that the time to address this was yesterday. I mean, it's it's immediate. So this is an incremental. Uh, development of this new oppressive government, so every day matters. Our time is now, I think. Not how much time do we have, what time is it? And again, our, our time is now, and I think that's the probably the best way to put this. Uh, what, what, so you, can you describe what the mechanics of it are? Like what exactly are, are they doing it? How are they getting the uh, chemicals into the air? Uh, many different ways. Uh, and again, it's, it's not, I, I think sometimes we get stuck in uh, this idea of it's either this or that, and I've seen this argument come in, well, it's in the jet fuel. No, it's the Wellsbach pattern. No, they're doing this from this way. Many different ways, <laughs> including spraying from airplanes. Again, I just mentioned the Wellsbach pattern. That was a device designed to specifically spray metals for geoengineering purposes into our sky. There's evidence now that uh, appears that they're putting some aluminum and other related materials into jet fuel. We see platform-based aerosol distributions um, in the form of cloud generations. So, and probably many others, so there are a number of things. What we do know is in order to achieve the weather modification, the weather control objectives, there requires certain elements of aluminum, barium, uh, perhaps uh, uh, coal fly ash, a number of other things that are very effective for this. And, and so what exactly are the main ingredients that are found in the chemtrails? Um, aluminum, uh, barium, uh, sulfur, dioxide. You know, these appear to be uh, strontium. These are the ones that we put out. But it's certainly, we covered in both films um, the aluminum aspect and also the barium aspect. Uh, what we found, though, it was interesting because a lot of people Hundreds of people, more than that, around the world started testing the rain. And those who did full panels were finding arsenic, they were finding manganese, all kinds of things. And I didn't know what it was until I met with Dr. Marvin Herndon, world-renowned uh, physicist. And Dr. Herndon uh, found evidence that they're utilizing coal fly ash. And this is a toxic substance that is trapped when coal is burnt. So the EPA... Uh, has very stringent ways to trap this. And I think it's similar to the fluoride issue, which is very toxic. So they have this. It's very effective for geoengineering, and now it looks like it's implemented in geoengineering programs. Uh, it's, again, extremely toxic, contains arsenic and a number of other things. So there's quite, this is causing quite an effect on things. So do you think that this is what causes, let's say, the drought in California? Oh, there's no question about it. We covered, we're covering this in unconventional gray. And what has happened? We've had this polar vortex. So by putting aerosols into our atmosphere, what the establishment can do is through the use of HARP or HARP-related or HARP-like technologies, they can heat up uh, these heavy metals because they're conductors. And what this does, if you heat up part of the atmosphere, it will expand. It will essentially create a bubble. So the weather that normally comes into California, when it hits this bubble, it diverts north. And what it does, it brings all of the moisture that, again, normally comes into California, it brings it up into the Arctic, including bringing up warm air into that region. Any stream, 
whether it's the jet stream or river, it seeks to correct itself. So after the warm air goes up into the Arctic, it comes back down into the Midwest. I was in Chicago for about a year. We at Wondery, creators of Dr. Death, Scamfluencers, and Over My Dead Body, go deeper into complex true crime stories to give you an inside look at the facts. And now we're launching the ultimate true crime fan destination, Exhibit C. It's truly criminal. Wondery's Exhibit C gives you the detective's lens of all of the evidence, taking you step-by-step step through the twists and turns of each true crime case. Join the Exhibit C online community to access exclusive show merchandise, member-only content, and to hear directly from top criminal and social justice experts, witnesses, and investigators as they take us beyond the evidence and into the case file. Join now by following Wondery Exhibit C on Facebook or find us on the web at WonderyExhibitC.com and listen to true crime podcasts on Wondery and Amazon Music. Exhibit C. It's truly criminal. A year and a half, very rainy, very cold, and a lot of precipitation. That in the East Coast, the jet stream was rebounding back, bringing all of these weather systems in. So as a result, very warm temperatures in California, very warm in the Arctic, but then downstream, very cold. And yes, definitely. And then we look in unconventional gray into the Agenda 2021 uh, issue, in the Agenda 2130 or 2030, I'm sorry. And uh, this is directly related because what Jerry Brown did, what the government did, due to this drought, what they've done, they put mandates on certain people. Uh, they've called for a state of emergency, which gives Jerry Brown, through eminent domain, the legal right to take anybody's property. But they've also have been privatizing water. So if there's a lack of water, which Agenda 21 has objectives of literally controlling every natural resource on the planet, they come in with excuses. So Jerry Brown, instead of allowing water to flow to the smaller farms, where smaller family farms have had water rights for generations, now he is taking that away from them and uh, giving water to the big corporate ag companies. And this is in part Agenda 21. So the small farmer, they dry up, they go out of business. They're forced to sell their land for pennies on the dollar, moving into big cities. So there's no question about it. This is the Hegelian dialectic problem-reaction solution. It's very beneficial to the corporations, and they're making water the next oil. So I think we're going to continue to see this go into other states and see the same corporate game plan. They have the ability to do this, and this is what's happening. And they're doing this all around the world then. You said other countries were involved. Oh, you better believe it. This is a, a worldwide uh, program. So we're seeing trails over most regions. Not all, though. There are a couple areas in Africa, but I want to be very clear. Uh, in controlling the weather, you can control weather, let's say, start a program over the United States. Thousands of miles away in Europe, it can have very profound effects in terms of developing weather systems. So you start working a storm or creating a drought thousands of miles away, you can impact weather halfway around the world, around the world. And that's what's happening. There's nothing that is not touched by these programs. So there's really um, there's, there's so many angles to go at. Uh, so what is a person, what, what do you think people should be doing right now? Well, uh, I think right now supporting our efforts, we need support to get airplanes up in the sky. Uh, again, we have rain tests around the world. That is not going to fly in court. We need aerosol samples. So go to unconventionalgray.com 
and I think it's imperative that we get this into court immediately. I have a legal team. We're just waiting for the support to do filings to move forward with this. And again, our two models, our two films before, they were very effective in getting the word out. And a lot of people think that all we have to do is get knowledge out there, and it goes much further than that. Knowledge without action is nothing. You have to take action, and you have to take the right action. Our strategy, I'm absolutely confident, will be effective in stopping these programs. Um, you can also pre-order uh, a DVD. That gives us the resources to complete this project. We're hoping to release this spring or early summer. Uh, we can't do it alone, though. We need su support. So go to unconventionalgray.com to become an angel or pre-order the film. And again, that will give us the resources uh, to complete this project and to get the uh, the airplanes in the sky and to move forward with our legal and legislative strategies. So it's imperative that we all get behind this, that we move forward. And, hey, if you just want to learn about this and complain about it, you're inviting legislation to come in. You're inviting geoengineering to continue for the next 100, 200 years. So now those of us who are aware of it, I think it's critical that we move forward. And uh, we were able to release and reach literally tens of millions of people with what in the world are they spraying and why in the world are they spraying with this strategy uh, in terms of people pre-ordering and supporting our projects. So this is uh, it's the most important time. That's just that's just a, a, amazing. What what are your um, goals then when you when you're saying you uh, want to get up and do planes? So you actually want to go up, fly, and uh, get samples of chemtrails while they're happening? Absolutely. Well, we, what's interesting, we have rain tests from around the world, and those rain tests have the exact fingerprint of geoengineering programs in them. Uh, so we're extremely confident. We know geoengineering is occurring for many different reasons. However, in a court of law and conclusively proving it's a different ballgame. So nobody has ever gone up into a trail tested for geoengineering material. So that is our objective, and because of that, we can get this into court. And a lot of people are probably thinking, well, if they're already spraying, why, why do they care about legalization? Because today we now have critical mass. People are aware of this, and we have the ability to take both legal and legislative action. If we allow the climate change agenda, which is designed to legalize geoengineering to mature, it will remove our ability to take both legal and legislative action. So we're at a point now where the movement has matured, but also the political structure that's designed to protect the geoengineers, that's matured as well. So it's critical that we address the policy issue as well as other strategies in stopping this. And so and how, how do people address this, and who, who can they complain to? Because how do you select what government official, official or um, who, do you, who do you talk to as a, a citizen? <laughs> well, a lot of people have complained. This has been brought into uh, probably every member of our Senate and Congress. And complaining, again, is not going to get this complete. Getting samples, bringing this into court is. So coming up with a well-designed model, which we have, we have a legal model that we're hoping to bring to the world with success in various regions. So I don't think complaining, because I complained a number of years. I've been spoken to millions of people about this. And I still notice that our skies are filled with aerosols. And that's what led me to, uh, part of what led me to our strategy in moving forward. So uh, I think the key is going to, go to uh, unconventionalgray.com 
and we have our very well out, laid out plan. There's a link to our lawsuit page as well uh, and information uh, about our aerosol collection project, and I'm confident that these are the keys. So, again, I think what people have been doing or activists have been doing for the past 10 to 15 years, uh, while it maybe spread awareness, it didn't stop these programs. So that led me to looking at different strategies. How do you feel the scientific community is about this? Um, largely yeah. deny that it's going on because they're driven by grant money. And uh, the official statement from many, not all though, we have many uh, PhDs, many credentialed former EPA uh, PhD who's in our film, uh, just a number of credentialed people for unconventional gray. Those who are retired, who have looked into this, who have tested for it, are on board. Anybody who has looked into this, any scientist, or most of them, anyways, are on board with this. However, many of the university, the establishment scientists, they are not funded. They have not looked into this. So if you take the EPA as an example, the EPA's official statement is, we have found no evidence to indicate that geoengineering is happening. And you know what? I have to admit, and please, nobody take this out of context. Sometimes <laughs> my words are... The EPA is right. They haven't found any evidence to indicate that geoengineering is happening. You know why? They haven't looked. Because they haven't looked for it. I have found literally, you know, I have, I have found no evidence that, that anybody is driving a car in Los Angeles right now. I have, I have found no evidence to support that. However, I have not looked outside today and witnessed anybody because I didn't look. Now, if I look, there's a pretty good chance that I'll see that somebody's driving, even if I look out my window. But if I don't, I won't find any evidence. And that's where we're at. They haven't looked for it. They haven't tested for it. As a matter of fact, they quit testing for combustibles a number of years. They only test for combustibles. They quit testing for the primary ingredients in geoengineering programs, uh, I believe it was 10 years ago. So that's where we're at. The grants, which are mostly government, do not fund any research looking for geoengineering-related contamination. And, that, and again, that it's, it's, uh, it kind of brings us to where we're at today, because we have a system that's supposed to represent us. Well, guess what? They're not. They're not protecting us. They're protecting the corporations. So should we continue to beg the very people who really, the very organizations, the government uh, agencies, who are protecting the corporations, should we continue to beg and hope that somehow they're going to change and, and shift power and protect us? No. We have to take this matter into our own hands. It's the first time that it impacts our entire planet, every living thing. But it's also the first issue that we have where we can unite. And that's our strategy, unity around the world to come and take our power back. And this issue is not going to go away. If we put this in the hands of, of our elected officials, of, of other agencies, and beg that they address this, we have to address this, and we will. And so now this Paris Climate Change, Paris Climate Change Agreement, so that really kind of, you're saying that took the power away from, from us? It designed the framework to do that, to totally remove the power. What they did, they created a new government out in the open but very silently, run by the IPCC and the United Nations. 
193 countries signed on to this climate agreement, and it was legally binding, at least partially legally binding. It has implications. People have criticized me, stating they are not in any of the paperwork. They have not spoken about legalizing geoengineering. Uh, yes, they have been talking about legalizing geoengineering. It is absolutely the agenda of the establishment. And what it also has, it has the provision to change legally, to morph into whatever they want it to say. So what had happened? They created the framework to erase national boundaries. And again, here in, you know, let's take the United States uh, as an example. The United States has a political system where uh, legislation is supposed to be voted on. This agreement removed our legislators' ability. So now we have United Nations mandates, which are including taxes, restrictions, uh, uh, monitoring, all of these things that are mandated and dictated by the United Nations, which uh, the United States of America signed on to. So now we didn't elect the United Nations or the people from the IPCC. We didn't elect them. But now they're having their legal reach to control us, to tax us, to transfer all of this wealth. That is what was done. It's bye-bye America. Hello, uh, carbon dictatorship. And that's what this is. And, and we looked at various ways. And again, they're saying we all have to cut down on carbon. Everything we do is based on carbon. Everything. Land that we have, every light that we use, every appliance that we use, everything that we drive. And we have this issue of cap and trade. And cap and trade is this. It is a scheme to cap each and every American to get them tightly packed into cities through Agenda 21 uh, objectives. And it is the agenda where we will all have to cut down the amount of carbon that we use. So most of us live today, I think a lot of us are somewhat conservative in, in what we use. I turn my lights off and everything. But through the smart meters, they now have the ability to determine what appliances you're using, when you're using, how much you're using, and what they will be doing is levying fines. They will say, you are only able to use, let's say, today you're using 100 units of carbon. We're now going to cap you at 40. Any number you go over, you're going to get a bill. So, for example, let's say if you leave a light on, you go on vacation, smart meter recognizes that you left a light on, you could get fined $400. Uh, let's say you use a vacuum in your home, the one that you bought last year. It's a great vacuum. Uh-oh, smart meter says that wasn't a United Nations mandated vacuum. It's not green. We're going to find you $200. Plus, if you use it again, we're going to find you $400. Now you have to buy the new whether it's General Electric, whatever company, green vacuum cleaner. And that's the one that you have to use. This is the United Nations through corporations, which is a dream for corporations to demand what you do, when you do, and what you use in your home. Corporations will dictate exactly what we do. In Oregon, they now have a mileage tax. So, again, you're going to be capped. So let's say you, I don't know, live 15 miles away from work. You're going to be allowed, you're going to have to cut down on how much you drive. So you might be able to drive to and from work, but driving anywhere else, nope, sorry, you got to take public transportation. I'm sorry, you went over your mileage, you're going to get charged $10 for every additional mileage. That's how they're going to cap people's carbon usage. This is a dictatorial plan. 
It is an Orwellian plan, and it will impact each and every part of our lives. And by the way, it is a new, a whole new monetary economic system that is carbon-based. And we will all be pushed into poverty because of this. This is anti-life, it is anti-freedom, and the key to this whole thing is geoengineering. Because geoengineering, not CO2, is creating most of the changes in our climate. And it's not included in climate change models. And all of this, this huge transfer of wealth, loss of rights, loss of property, because property has a carbon value. You're going to be taxed through the roof if you have five acres. Now you can only have an eighth of an acre, and you're still going to be taxed through the roof. It is an agenda to also steal people's land. This is where it's going. And people who are out waving their signs, demanding our legislators do more to address climate change, do they really know what they're demanding? And they don't. It's an open-ended thing. They're saying, here, take control, take power, mandate, dictate what I do in my life. And I want to be clear, I'm an environmentalist. I ride my bike most places. And I can guarantee, based on a carbon footprint, I probably have a much lower carbon footprint than 99% of people. But I don't feel that I should be mandated and dictated. This is a personal choice. And it's not based on the belief that these climate models are correct, because I know it's fraudulent. It's just based on how I choose to live my life. That's freedom. I can choose to, to, to pedal myself around because I feel that's more healthy for me. But I don't want a government, I don't want a corporation mandating, dictating what I can do in my house, and that's what's happening. And people ushered this in and they demanded, and they said, here, take our power. You know, we demand that you do more. And, and I think a lot of these people were well-meaning people, but you can't give a greedy corporation, a greedy government, an open-ended checkbook and say, hey, you know, I demand that you... You know, you do something, that you control me, you know. This is ludicrous. People don't know where this is going. And that's one of the main purposes of Unconventional Gray. It's a call to action film, but it really lays out specifically uh, the strategies that are being levied against us. This is an attack on humanity, literally, on all aspects of humanity. Um, and we're going to expose this and we're going to be stopping this. Yeah, because in, in, in essence, people that uh, want the climate change, uh, they're out protesting. They're, they're misinformed is what you're saying, right? They're, they're, they're thinking well, that they're doing the right thing. Oh, I, I mean, absolutely. I have a very simple way to end climate change, and that's stopping geoengineering. And with that, we regain our planet's life back. How about that? not giving somebody money, power, and the ability to control. And I think most people, when they're saying save our planet, is it really paying somebody? Is it really allowing somebody to fine us for our actions in our own homes? Our action, our privacy is gone. Do people realize? And, and bottom line is they don't. And if we had a specific list, I guarantee you, what is being planned, and I was in Paris over the summer, and handed it to all of these activists who are demanding that our legislators do more, I guarantee you they probably would not be supportive of any of the legislative steps to bring this and usher this in. And, you know, I think their time is coming very quickly if we allow this to mature, that they're going to say, oh my God, oh my God, what? my children do not have a future. 
Did I sell my children into enslavement? They did. That's what they're doing. They're selling the world into slavery without even knowing. And now, now, are you still having the um, uh, the uh, global march for chemtrails? That is not my initiative, um, no. but I will probably be at an event. Okay, uh, what are they about? What, what's that? Just a, a big gathering? I think it's gathering in, in many different cities um, where people can get out and reach out to their communities. Wow. So. It's it's a way to get the message out, but I think uh, I think it goes deeper than that in terms of what we have to do. And again, this has to get into court. It has to get into our political system. Today, it's not. So, um, again, I can't. I, the reason I keep on coming back to our model, I see this so clearly, and I think it's critical that we take the actions that we spoke about, the both the aerosol samples, the legal and legislative steps. So. Uh, unconventionalgrade.com is where you can go to take action with us. We absolutely need it. Have you have you found a legal team already? Yes. Yes, I have. I've got everything. I have the testing equipment. I have the scientists. We kind of joke around about the aerosol collection project because uh, we feel like we're hitchhikers. We're just waiting for gas money, or we feel like we're back in college, you know, just waiting for gas money to get from point A to point B. And it's true. We're just waiting for the gas money to come in. Uh, we've been doing our best uh, to move forward, uh, but resources are limited, so we definitely need support. Have you found that reactions have been uh, good and uh, you've had a, a, a really good following, right? Is it increasing? They've, they've been incredible. I mean, we, uh, especially for this film, we, we have, uh, have had an incredible interview, including Princess Bosma from Saudi Arabia, who's very concerned about this, helping to bring this more on an international level up into the U.N. Uh, I had the ability uh, back in December, I went to Turkey at a United Nations meeting. I know what people are saying. How dare you go into the United Nations? Uh-uh. No, we go into the belly of the beast, and I spoke truth in a very dark place. And that is one of the objectives uh, that we have, is to bring this message to everybody, whether it's people who are supportive or, you know, maybe in opposition, we have the ability to change the minds of very powerful people, and in fact, we have. So right now, we're working with uh, members of royal families, certain elements, you know, who are outspoken, who are moving forward for the best interest of humanity, and these are our strategies that we have to move forward. In terms of, uh, of the movement of people who, who understand our model, our concept, the support has been overwhelming because it makes sense. And if we don't address the legal and legislative steps that need to be taken, I think we're going to look back in, in, in a couple of years and go, oh, my God, we had the chance to do this. Now we have this legislation. How are we going to move forward? I don't have the answer to that. And I, I'm not even going to look at that. I know what's ahead of us. I know what we have today, and that's what we're moving forward with. It's amazing. Um, so if people want to join or they want to contact you, how do they do this? Um, you can go to Unconventional Gray. Dot com, and uh, there's some contact information, but also um, a lot of information in terms of the strategies that we spoke about. You can also see the trailer to our new film, which is, again, we're hoping to get this complete immediately, meaning uh, the spring or very, very early summer. So uh, we definitely we need support to do this. And, I, you know, one of the challenges coming forward with, as a filmmaker is asking for support. Um, but we need it. We need to work collectively to move forward, uh, and we need the resources. So I'm putting that call out there.
Well, again, thanks very much for taking time to talk about this. And uh, we'll add the links to your um, websites. And, uh, and uh, good luck with everything. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you very much for covering this and bringing this to your audience. And uh, I'm very confident that we have a golden opportunity to stop these crimes against nature and humanity. Find out more about our show, guests, or to listen to past shows from our archive, please go to www.houseofmysteryradio.com. The mission has been completed. The end! By George, he's got it! It is the end! I'll see you! If you're lying to me, I'll be back. You've been listening to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more about our guests, hosts, or shows, go to www.houseofmystery.com. Show is over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back.